welcome to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Adele King, certified nutritionist and holistic women's health expert. Here, we'll cover all topics related to nutrition, women's health, hormones, self-development, and personal growth. I'm here to guide you on your journey to balancing your hormones, loving your menstruation, cycle syncing, and living your best life. Now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. On today's episode, I'm so, so, so excited to be interviewing one of my new friends, Carolyn Hale. Carolyn is a registered holistic nutrition practitioner and an acne expert. As a holistic skin coach, she empowers her clients to clear acne by listening to their bodies and making tweaks to their lifestyle, skincare routine, supplement regime, and mindset and nutrition rituals. Welcome to the podcast, Carolyn. Thank you, Alex. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you, and I just love this topic. So I would just love to get to know you a bit more, get to know your personal health story, what got you interested in holistic nutrition, and then to specialize in acne care. For as long as I can remember, my skin has truly been my biggest insecurity, It has robbed me of my self-trust. It has held me back from showing up in a way that feels authentic to me. It's made me feel self-conscious in my my friendships, high school. I don't even like to think about high school. (laughs) Um, Dealing with chronic acne, like cystic acne in high school. It's really, really difficult. Um, Yeah, and even into my 20s where I am now, it's made me feel self-conscious in my professional career. Acne has truly made me doubt myself. And when I do think of myself with acne, I do feel a lot of shame and sadness of that version of myself. And when I think of it, that's often kept me living small, you know, not wanting to bring a lot of attention to myself, not wanting to take up space, not wanting to be the center of attention. And I think for anyone struggling with their skin, your skin is something that really identifies you to the whole world. It's the first thing that people notice when you meet them. It can be especially hard to meet new people, mm-hmm. although it can still be up triggering being around certain people as well, um, even people that you already know. And I just remember sitting in dermatology after dermatology appointment, honestly crying over my skin. I can think of many, many occasions And just feeling really, really desperate, feeling really alone, feeling like I know that the doctors that I was working with, I know they wanted to help me, but just Western medicine didn't really offer an effective treatment for the type of acne that I was experiencing. And I was really looking for something at this point. This was a couple years ago, like five years ago, that I was really looking for something to actually get me through this journey. I really wanted to leave this version of me with acne behind. Mm -hmm. In the past, I have really tried everything conventional medicine will offer for acne. I did antibiotics in high school, like long-term antibiotics. So I was taking antibiotics for a couple years for my acne, which- Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is a long time to be on antibiotics now- I feel like most of us listening to this podcast (laughs) know how important gut health is and just how disruptive a treatment like that can be Mm -hmm. and didn't even work for my acne. Um, Went on birth control pill, was on that for 10 years, 
I took Accutane the first year of university. And yeah, just all of these things. I did spiralactone, all of these like conventional treatments that were really more band-aid solutions that didn't get me where I wanted to be. Oftentimes, some of these treatments would offer a little bit of reprieve short term. Um, my skin was never 100% clear, but you know, sometimes I would notice a little bit of an improvement. Um, but then coming off of the pill, I discovered really so many, you know, root causes to my acne that have truly helped me understand my skin and balance my hormones. Um, yeah, just like it's been such a journey, and that's why acne is such a close topic to my heart. It's something that has been a part of my life for longer than I care to admit. Um, and I'm just at a point now where I've just taken in, you know, all this conventional approach as well as the holistic approach. And I'm at a point where I just really want to share everything I've learned. And I have, you know, made so much progress. And for a lot of the people that I work with, it's so, so encouraging when you can clear your acne and not make it feel like it's a band-aid solution. So you're not living in fear that it's going to come back. When you really address the root causes of your skin and you're understanding yourself on a deeper level, you can truly leave the acne story behind. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And I know your story probably resonates with so, so, so many people, myself included, especially when you're talking about, you know, high school days and high school kids are you know, can be very mean and judgmental. And so that's a really hard time, let alone if you're struggling with other things like skin or weight or anything that's physical appearance wise can be the hardest thing to deal with. So I appreciate you just sharing that and just letting everybody know that it's okay if you do experience this. And, and if you've tried everything under the sun, that's something that we'll get into in today's episode of, you know, different holistic things we can do. But um, just curious, was it your skin that led you into the nutrition field? Or when you got into the nutrition field, did you really think, oh, wow, I can, you know, clear my skin in the more natural, holistic way with food and supplements, lifestyle, mental well-being and all that? It was 100% my skin. I, myself, when I came off of the birth control pill, worked with an acne coach and just totally eye-opened to this whole approach. Like I worked, worked with a nutritionist and I was just immediately, I was just so in love with it. Cause I was like, wow, finally someone who's listening to me, finally an approach that gets it. It just felt like everything was finally clicking into place. So it truly was my skin. I often say this acne is really one of my greatest teachers. Like it has led me down this path. It has led me to where I am right now. So as tough as it's been, it's been a great, great teacher for me. Mm -hmm. I'm sure now that you can look back and just realize what a blessing it is because, you know, it led you into the current career path that you're in, which is just absolutely incredible. There's something you touched a little bit on, you know, coming off the pill and dealing with acne. And I know that's what I specialize in. So I have so many clients who, when whenever they fill out their intake form, I ask them for their top three goals when they're coming off the pill. That is typically 
always the number one. It's so common, just, you know, they don't want to break out like they did in high school and they're terrified of getting acne and they're so, so, so scared of coming off the pill and having all these breakouts. So is there anything that, you know, we can do to help mitigate that? And why do so many women struggle with their skin when they're coming off the pill or other forms of birth control? Coming off of the pill, I will say it is, it's such an exciting transition. I get so excited when women are telling me (laughs) that they're, you know, or people with periods are so excited to come off the pill. It's intimidating. Like, I'm not going to lie. It can be intimidating, especially if you've been on it for quite some time. But at the end of the day, I just feel like it's so exciting and you're making a transition for whatever reason, but you're really able to like tune back into having a cycle. And I really feel that as people with cycles and periods, this is just such a intuitive and natural way to really live your life. And it can be such an exciting transition. It's really beautiful. So yeah, this is so common. A lot of the people that I support as well also are coming off of the pill or have already come off and they are experiencing acne already. And the main reason for this is because the pill really shuts down our natural menstrual cycle. So we're not ovulating each month. We're not really getting a period at all. And this is really, really key as young people with periods, we're meant to ovulate. This is not only key for fertility and reproduction, but it's a key part of our overall health. And progesterone is the hormone that is created when we do ovulate. And this is really, really key for so many other processes in the body. And one of them being glowing skin. Progesterone is um, the hormone that stays elevated when someone is pregnant. And that's why sometimes there's that like pregnancy glow. I mean, some people do get acne in pregnancy as well, but that glow is often related to progesterone. Mm. And Yeah. So hormonal birth control, the reason why when you come off of it, it can cause an increase in breakouts. A big, big thing I see is um, it's called an androgen rebound. And it's this surge in androgens after coming off of the pill that are so key and related to acne. And just know that this withdrawal process off the pill doesn't last forever. It can feel intimidating But I do feel with the right support and the right kind of prep before coming off the pill can really, um, excuse me, help mitigate these, um, this like acne flare up. And something that I also really like to help explain, which, um, connects a lot of women experiencing acne coming off of the pill is this increase in sebum. So the reason the pill can be so effective for acne is because it, turns off your menstrual cycle, but it also turns down your sebum production. So like the oil in your skin. And so you actually have less sebum than you ever did before. Um, and in turn, when you're on, when you come off of the pill, your body is actually creating more sebum. So you kind of have this like surge in androgens, like hormonally, but then you also have this increase in oil in your skin. So you're just creating this like perfect environment for acne to really thrive and take over. And I see this for women who I would say are not even acne prone. So sometimes you can just get like a little spout of acne just while you're making that transition off the pill if you don't do any kind of like prep work. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other situation, the other kind of side of that coin is 
you know, if you are coming off of the pill, I always say it's really, really good to think about like, what were your periods like before? What, what were you experiencing before you went on the pill? If you went on the pill for really heavy, painful periods, if you went on the pill for really severe cystic acne, chances are that hormonal imbalance is still there to deal with. So that's going to be kind of like another, another thing for you to consider, not to scare you. It's just as good to kind of think back, you know, what were my periods like before? Okay. The pill kind of suppressed this experience for me. And you're just kind of preparing yourself to kind of work through that. And that's why it can be such a beautiful transition. And I've kind of related to this, this prep work a little bit. And it's just things like working, I'm sure Alex, will you offer this as well? Like working to like replenish your nutrient levels, really working to support your gut health. Cause we know that the pill really disrupts the gut microbiome as well as really supporting drainage and detoxification. Those are some really key areas that can help mitigate breakouts coming off of the pill. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Just wholesome, nourishing the body as you're coming off just because it has been so depleted and it does affect the gut so much. And I know after doing a lot of hormone balancing and still struggling with my skin for over a decade, I was like, okay, enough. And then really got into gut health. And that's when everything started opening my eyes up. You know, my acne was super, super gut related with a little bit of hormones, but definitely gut support, liver support, like you mentioned, drainage, all that is so, so, so important for sure. Yeah. The gut health is, it's something that, you know, you might want to like skip, (laughs) but if you do, it's just going to like keep, keep lighting that fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And along with the hormones, while we're on the hormone track, I know a lot of my PCOS clients as well struggle big time with, like you mentioned, some of those androgens, typically acne, acne all along the jawline. So do we know what the hormones are related to PCOS that cause acne and what really helps with this type of hormonal acne? People that are experiencing PCOS or know that they have PCOS, oftentimes when you do have, oftentimes with that, you do have elevated androgens things like lack of ovulation or sometimes like irregular cycles, like longer cycles is really common. And along with PCOS, it's a very multi-factor kind of condition. There's a lot of things that really play into it. But some of the big things that do are things like insulin resistance, inflammation, those androgens that we talked about. um, And these have such a huge impact on the skin like insulin resistance. That's what I'm like. I mean, like blood sugar balance. So, so important for the skin. Overall inflammation, a key, key thing for really helping. We like to think of acne as an inflammatory cycle. So it can become really, really key. We want to break that cycle. Acne is, acne is not only happening like on the skin as an inflammatory process. We know that it's also happening like within the gut, like systemic inflammation, got lots of components going on. And Um, People with PCOS are often dealing with some type of inflammation as well. And anytime that you do have acne that's persisting into your 20s and 30s, it's oftentimes there is a hormonal imbalance or PCOS really lurking in the background for you. Um, This is also something to think about. If you have done a couple of other 
excuse me, conventional treatments for acne. So you've tried, perhaps you've tried Accutane, perhaps you've tried more, more Accutane. Let's say you've tried Accutane um, and your acne has come back. That's often a sign that your acne is really rooted in some hormonal imbalances and Accutane isn't really giving you that, um, giving you that result that you want because it's coming back. Um, that's often a sign that maybe PCOS or something could be contributing to acne for you. Um, and it's often thought that, you know, it's the, it's the androgen receptors. I'll go back to like the skin and the response in the skin. There's androgen receptors in the skin, um, actually, and it's common for PCOS for these androgen breakouts to really show up along the jawline or the cheeks. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly where specific androgen hormones, um, they're actually like formed within the skin. So it can really contribute to acne as well. Just kind of creates a perfect storm for acne to thrive. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the biggest thing with androgens that I see working really well for women with PCOS is number one, we have to think of androgens not only kind of like as themselves, we kind of want to stop the body from producing this excess of androgens. And really the best way to think about that, maybe not as fun, but it's really reducing stress. Stress really does upregulate your androgen production. So that can be really, really helpful Um, as well as balancing blood sugar. Like sounds like very foundational. It is foundational. It's really, really key. And it can play a big role in reducing androgens, just reducing that inflammation. And then that's kind of the internal work. And then I find it really, really helpful to get a really solid skincare routine. We can talk a bit more about skincare too, because that's really helping the skin more at the like external level, which is still really important. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that you mentioned some of those foundational pieces and like blood sugar balancing and inflammation, drainage, um, stress is such a big one that we all struggle with and we all just don't want to deal with it. And we don't want to do the things that help with stress. But, um, I was just going to ask you with your clients, do you always start at the same point? Like, do you always start with balancing blood sugar levels or decreasing stress, or does it depend person to person, whether they need more gut support first or blood sugar balancing first? What are your thoughts on your process? I find it does depend person to person because I feel like acne can be rooted in so many different things. It can be more like you were saying, like hormonal related. Someone would, they know they're already coming to me and sometimes they already know they have PCOS that's very different than someone who is coming off of the pill. So it kind of does depend where you're at. Um, but foundationally, a great place to start for everyone um, is really working on like balancing blood sugar. Mm-hmm. I really think that is such a good benefit for most people dealing with acne. And as well as that is really supporting drainage and detox. And really what I mean by that is going to the bathroom, having a healthy bowel movement every single day is a great place to start to support your skin. Perfect. Yes. I was just going to ask if you could clarify with everyone what blood sugar balancing means, how would you support them with that? 
And like you mentioned, drainage and detox is really bowel movements. And do you focus on liver at all or like any lymphatic drainage at all? Does that impact acne? So much. I love liver support. It can be so good for the skin, especially if you are someone coming off of the pill. I think that's a really great avenue to explore. A great way to even get started with this if you don't feel like introducing a ton of supplements or that just feels like kind of a barrier for you. I love introducing herbal teas. There are so many great herbal teas that are so supportive for the liver. Things like dandelion, burdock, licorice root, um, spearmint. Spearmint's more for those androgens, which is really great. Spearmint really helps to reduce androgens. So if you do have PCOS-related acne, that's even better for you. I think herbal teas, so underrated because you can really get started with those at any point. Mm -hmm. And oh, lymphatic, that was the other thing you asked about. Lymphatic, so amazing. If you are experiencing jawline breakouts, if you take anything away from this chat, Mm -hmm. lymphatic drainage and support is your friend. Jawline cheek breakouts, this is where your lymph nodes are really um, accumulated like under your jaw. Um, this is where if you aren't familiar with your lymphatic system, you know, when you get sick and your jawline gets a bit like swollen, those are your lymph nodes. And oftentimes stagnant lymphatic system can really contribute to like stagnant, like fluid and blood and just kind of contribute to that inflammatory, um, reaction along the jawline. So yeah, lymphatic things are so great and so easy to incorporate into your routines, things like dry brushing, Yoga movement is really great. I often find too, one of the biggest game changers for my skin is when I'm having, if you have access to a sauna, amazing. A couple times a week, so supportive for the skin. Mm-hmm. You will notice that making a pretty like intense impact, I find. If you don't have access to a sauna, perhaps you have access to a bath. You can take a pretty like warm to hot bath a couple times a week. Um, really breaking a sweat in a relaxed state, I find helps support my lymphatic system the best. Mm, I love that so much. It's something that I feel like people don't really talk about, but it can be so easy. Like saunas, I love so much. I could just talk about that for a whole episode and baths too, that, that sweating, that feels really good just to yeah, push everything out. And so I love that you just mentioned supporting lymphatic drainage and and all that. And so for someone who's listening, who is like, yes, that is me. I have hormonal acne. I would love to start doing all these things and working with you. So if someone works with you, how long typically would you say it takes for hormonal acne to clear up? The real truth of that question (laughs) is it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I think coming back to what I initially said before, A great place to get started is starting to track your skin, really trying to understand what's going on for you and understanding maybe if acne has triggered for you recently or has acne been kind of like an ongoing chronic condition that you've been trying to deal with with different medications, very different camps. Um, But no matter what route you go down, whether that is taking the birth control pill, taking antibiotics, taking Accutane, or if you're going to do a more holistic route, it's really unlikely to see drastic results overnight. It's very unlikely to see drastic results within the first couple weeks. And what I mean by drastic results is 
you know, acne didn't pop up on your skin overnight. Likely it's likely been kind of slowly progressing. And that's kind of how I find it slowly, um, kind of helps, uh, go away. I would say, um, you know, you kind of like, as you uncover certain things, you kind of learn like different things that are going on contributing to your skin. And the reason why it does take so long is a a hormone cycle is about 90 days. So if you do have hormonal acne, that's about three months. You know, the work you're doing now is setting your hormones up for success in a way, like kind of three months from now. Not to say that you won't notice results sooner than that. Um, That's the best part about a holistic approach is you're going to notice results in a lot of other places kind of before you might notice them on your skin. And this can just be a great way to stay motivated. Also a great way to, you know, that your body is responding in a good way. So what I mean by that is when you start working, let's say balancing your blood sugar, going back to that, when you start incorporating more healthy fat and protein to your meals to balance um, your blood sugar, you're going to feel better. Perhaps you're someone who in the past is super prone to a lot of cravings. You can't seem to ever be fully satisfied. (laughs) I know this was me for a long time. I used to keep snacks everywhere because if I got hungry, it would just be the end of the world. I couldn't do anything else. Um, But once I really worked on my blood sugar, I still, I still like to eat every like couple hours just because I find that helps me feel my best. But I find I have a lot more flexibility, um, a lot more resilience in what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, these are kind of things that you can start to notice that will, I think, um, oftentimes come up a bit faster. And then the skin kind of responds um, on its own pace. The skin is like one of the last kind of like organs of priority as well. So it is, you know, there's a lot of other places your nutrients and things you're consuming are going to go first but yeah long answer results take are different time for everyone but when you are doing the right things your body is going to be telling you you know within a within a week within a couple weeks that you're on the right track and those are the milestones to look for Mm -hmm. yeah I'm sure, you know, inflammation starts to go down, less redness and less breakouts, even if they're still there, just less over time. I know that's what I've noticed is instead of having, you know, like a full face and body, it's just like a couple here and there. And um, you mentioned tracking the skin. So how is there an app or do you just, you know, write it in the notes app on your phone or how, how deep are we tracking our skin? And, you know, what does that entail? Yeah, you can use honestly like a journal if you want. Like it can be really basic like that. I love to just put it in. I really enjoy tracking my cycle. So my period, I use an app called Kindera. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Um, there's lots of great apps out there. And that's where I just put in my skin notes as well, just so that it's all in one place. And the great part about kind of tracking your skin along with your cycle if you are someone with a period then it just kind of really makes it super easy to pinpoint you know when is your acne breaking out is it you know just before you bleed is it every cycle around when you should be ovulating it can just kind of help you understand which hormones are kind of at play and which ones might be contributing to acne for you that's great if you are someone 
without a cycle listening to this who doesn't get their period, that's okay too. Um, you can just use any type of journal and things to look for, you know, start tracking your sleep, your digestion, kind of how your skin responds to certain behaviors and patterns within your routine. Okay. Um, do you recommend taking photos of the skin at all? I know when I worked with someone that was a big part of it, but for me, that was so hard to do. I just, it's already hard to look in the mirror when you struggle with skin. And so to take photos and send them to someone was like mentally really hard, but looking back, I'm glad that I did because it's so rewarding to see, oh yeah. And it wasn't even at my worst period when I did start working with somebody. So yeah, just looking back and I'm thinking like, it it wasn't that bad. And I'm glad that I can really have those before and after. So it's something that you do with your clients as well. I usually do offer before and afters if, if you're open to it. Uh, I would say it's like totally optional. It kind of depends where you're at. Like you were kind of alluding to the mindset piece. If taking photos is just very like uncomfortable for, for you and you're just feeling that's not something that would help you, then that's not something that will help you. So we won't do that. But you know, it, it does help kind of really track progress. So if you do feel comfortable with it, um, I know I even have like a folder in my phone that's just like all like skin photos. And yeah, it can be nice to like look back. Um, depending where you are feeling, you know, I think don't do it on a super low day, maybe do it when your skin is feeling really good, and you can really notice your progress. And, and celebrate your progress. I think if you're looking at them with that type of energy, it can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Big time. And I know you mentioned a little bit about Accutane. So I would mm -hmm. love to hear your thoughts since I'm pretty sure you said you were on it. Is that right? Yeah, I took Accutane. I did one course of it or one treatment of it in my first year of university. So that was about 10 years ago. Okay. I would love to get your thoughts just personally going through it. And now that you're yeah. an acne expert and if there are any other alternatives for someone who, you know, doesn't want the side effects because you do have to go on birth control if you are on Accutane. And I know mm -hmm. yeah, for people who already want to come off of birth control, then that can be another downfall. But I know people tend to be desperate to clear their skin. So if there are any other natural alternatives. Yeah you just like took that like word right out of my brain, like <laughs> desperate. Like that's how I felt when I personally went on Accutane. I was so desperate. I had been struggling with pretty severe cystic acne for probably like four years, like starting grade nine. At this point I was in first year of university. So five years, mm -hmm. um, four years maybe. And I had been on the pill for a while and I just felt really, really desperate. My skin was very inflamed, very unhappy. And so, yeah, I just, I went to the dermatologist again. It's not a pleasant experience because you're there for such a vulnerable, you're there for such a vulnerable thing. And I, you know, I think dermatologists ultimately they want to help you, but there's just like a certain process and it can feel very, can feel very vulnerable. And, you know, I remember just like sitting there in the office and even someone looking at you and being like, oh yeah, like your skin is really bad. Like you need to be on Accutane. Like that's like really difficult to hear, even though you know that that's why you're there. But sometimes the, the harshness of those interactions can be very upsetting. 
Um, so yeah, experience with that is just emotionally, it's very difficult. And this medication, my experience with it, my acne did improve. I would say it improved slightly, but it was not a, it wasn't like a forever fix for me. I still had acne like the whole time I was on it. And I would say the biggest thing. And then, and then again, my acne reoccurred later. So it wasn't, and I could have done like another round of it, but like at that point I was like, okay, I tried this clearly wasn't a good fit for me. And now that I know, I actually myself know that I have PCOS now, know that I have a lot of hormonal things. So it really does make sense. Accutane not being a long-term fix for me because my acne was rooted in like hormonal imbalances. Um, Cause the way acne, uh, the way Accutane works, and I can explain it just a little bit. I'm sure if you have been experiencing acne for a while, it's probably something you've considered because I feel like it's really, a lot of people know about it and yeah, it's pretty common to, it's a pretty common avenue for acne. Um, but basically how it works to treat severe acne is it really helps speed up your cellular turnover. Mm. So this is why, um, it's really important that you are on something like birth control because Obviously, if you were to get pregnant while on Accutane, that would affect, I believe it's just like, it's affecting the cellular turnover process. So that's obviously going to affect um, the fetus of your baby. So that's um, why you have to be on birth control while taking this uh, medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, you also have to like check in with your dermatologist every month. You have to do blood work for your liver. It's very harsh on your liver. Um, and there's just lots of other like mood and emotional things that it's been linked with. So you do have to be very mindful. So on top of dealing with a very vulnerable, emotional skin condition, you're being offered this drug that, let me tell you, um, only works for about half the people that take it. Really? Studies show that it works for about half the people. Most times it's not a permanent fix. Acne relapse is very frequent. A lot of people decide to stay on a low dose for many years to really keep their symptoms at bay. This is really common. Um, So yeah, like I think just having that information going into it, I would have probably never gone on it. Like I was sitting in that dermatology office being like, this is going to be a terrible six months, but once you get through it, you'll never have to deal with acne again. That was what I thought. Mm -hmm. No. It was a terrible six months and uh, my, I still had acne. So, and, but you wow. know what? Not to say it is an effective treatment for some people. It mm-hmm. does work some of the time. So it's absolutely an option, absolutely an option. Um, and my hope for anyone struggling with their skin is that they just feel like this is a valid option. This is a valid route, but also knowing that there are alternatives like Uh, Accutane is not the only route. So if you are feeling really desperate and you're kind of, maybe you've already gone to a dermatology appointment about it and you kind of are just left with like an uneasy feeling about it. If you're just not feeling totally, totally sure that it's the right fit for you, I just want to be that other voice that a holistic approach is a valid, excuse me, a valid and effective option. Um, And it can really offer results in a similar amount of time. The other thing I'll say about Accutane is it does take four to six months to show results. That's a typical thing. So it's not like you take it and 
your acne clears up within a month. And like we just talked about, the three-month mark for the holistic approach is really that sweet spot. So you can really get results in a similar amount of time. And you're also uncovering with the holistic approach, you're also trying to like understand your skin on a deeper level. So you're going for more that long-term solution, which we just kind of chatted about Accutane doesn't always give that. Mm-hmm. I'm so surprised. I had no idea about those stats that it only works for about 50% of people and that the acne rebound is quite common that I had no clue about because I know, you know, you see a lot of people posting videos about going on it, their skin clears up and then you're like, okay, it worked for them. Awesome. But for it to only work for 50% and then for it to possibly come back and do a, another second round. And I've seen the photos and videos of like the extremely dry lips and like the skin so dry in our Canadian winters that it's like cracking and bleeding. And I just imagine that that couldn't be very pleasant. And then for it to have to come back again would just be so disheartening and just soul crushing essentially. Yeah. And the reason why is because Accutane is really looking at acne from like a sebum production cellular turnover, which, Mm -hmm. which is a key, it's a key part of acne. Like it is a part of acne, but it's not actually the whole story. It's not the whole picture. So that's why it often, you know, you, you it reoccurs. Um, and speaking of the dry lips, I will say 10 years later, my skin barrier is still not the same. I have sensitized skin from it. I always have dry lips. My lips are always chapped. I don't think that will ever be something that I'm hopeful maybe, um, yeah maybe eventually always have chapped lips. My skin is quite sensitive. I have to be, I would say more mindful than someone who, you know, that's just my experience. That's not based off of like research or anything. Um, but my twin sister also has taken Accutane and she took it four years before me. She took it like quite young Mm -hmm. and, uh, she's the same. Like her lips are like forever dry. Dry. Wow. I'm sure that's super, super common from just what I've seen and just with your personal experience as well. And I like that you said about the, you know, coming at it from a holistic perspective, you're actually getting to the root cause of what's causing acne in the first place, whether it is gut health or liver or skincare or hormonal, especially there's, you're actually understanding what the cause is. And I like how you said, understanding your skin and just that takes you a while I feel like to appreciate now that I'm you know in my mid to late 20s it's just appreciating my skin so much more than just you know throwing on makeup and calling it a day and covering 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 as much as possible and just making it worse and all that type of stuff so I like how you said just getting to know your skin and understanding the triggers yeah getting to know your skin is such a fun journey as well it's such a and getting to know your hormones. Mm-hmm. You just get to know yourself on such a deeper level and it really helps you find balance in all areas of your life. I love that so much. Uh another question I had for you was just about the different types of acne. So what does it mean? Um, because I know I've experienced, you know, a couple different kinds, same with my clients. So the difference between the little tiny bumps versus, like you said, the cystic 
acne, like the deep ones versus whiteheads, blackheads, fungal acne? What are some of those different types and what can cause some of those different types? So fungal acne is becoming much more common, I would say. And a good way to differentiate between fungal acne and I guess bacterial acne is what we'll call typical acne. Mm-hmm. Um is really the way it displays on the skin. Fungal acne is typically more rash-like, it's more itchy. It becomes very irritated with areas that you maybe have more sweat in. Mm-hmm. Um so sometimes, sometimes fungal acne is maybe not always on the face. Sometimes you even get it like more on like your shoulders, your back where you are prone to more sweating. And also I saw a huge, huge increase in fungal acne with having to wear a mask these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, you're creating that like perfect moist environment that fungal acne is just going to thrive in. I mean, all types of acne will thrive in that, but fungal <laughs> acne, it's just creating a perfect, perfect environment. Um, yeah, that's not more like rash. Like fungal acne has to be approached in a very specific way. In some ways it can be um, easier to deal with because it's maybe not rooted in hormonal or um, other types of things like, but it's more like on the skin. It's one of those ones that's actually, it can be more external, but when it comes to skincare, you do have to be very specific about what you're using. And it can be tricky trying to find fungal acne safe products. Um, I do have a full blog post on this and that's almost Mm-hmm. an easier way to access this information. If you do feel like you have that like rash, like bumpy acne, um, excuse me, um, perhaps check out my blog on fungal acne. I list some ingredients to avoid and also some good skincare things that can help. So that's a great resource. Um, talking about then the different types of like inflammatory bacterial acne. So Cystic acne, those are those more like deep rooted. They don't even like necessarily like come to a whitehead. They're just more like under the skin, really painful, almost like purple in color. That's often a sign of like really deep inflammation. Um, and then acne, more like blackheads. To me, blackheads aren't like an inflammatory thing. They are more can be from like excess sebum, but you ha- your body hasn't reacted to it like in an inflammatory response. Um, blackheads can be, I think, approached with skincare really, really well. Something like a chemical exfoliant can really help blackheads. I would try to discourage you from picking at your skin and no matter what type of acne you're experiencing. Listen, I know it can be fun. Like squeezing blackheads is, it's a good pastime. Like it's a good time. <laughs> Um, it's very enjoyable, but I don't recommend it. You're really like pushing the pore. Um, it can actually make your pores appear larger if you do this like continuously. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, I'd opt for like a chemical exfoliant that can really Mm -hmm. help with blackheads. Um, and then, yeah, if you are experiencing the more inflammatory acne, like the whiteheads and like those like cystic acne, um, it just becomes that much more of a, of a point to be like, okay, my acne seems to be very inflammatory. I think doing some internal work would be very beneficial at that point. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then thoughts on like the little, little, little bumps everywhere. Is that? Okay. You're talking about like kind of like chicken skin. 
Yes. That's a weird name for it. <laughs> that's it. Or it's like KP, like col- something, Calaris Polaris or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Keratopsis yeah. Polaris. Is that you got it? You yeah, got okay. it. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Trying. Um, yes. This is like sometimes people get it like on the backs of their arms. That's like a really common place too. This is actually really connected to vitamin A, and acne is very like vitamin A is um, really, really beneficial for the skin. It really does coming back to not to confuse it with Accutane. Accutane is a derivative of vitamin A, mm-hmm. but vitamin A from things like beef liver, from things like egg yolks, with a lot of great food sources of vitamin A um, can really help kind of speed up that cellular turnover. And that can really help with those like tiny bumps. So sometimes it's just a vitamin A like deficiency. Perfect. Yeah. I know sometimes there's, you know, like little bumps all over the forehead and stuff. So just wanted to know your thoughts. If you believe in any of the face mapping, like if it shows up on your forehead versus around the mouth or the jar, the cheeks, do you believe in any of the face mapping for acne? I do to a certain extent. And Mm -hmm. here's what I'll say about it. I find teenage puberty related acne is very like t-zone like Mm. it's very much connected to excess sebum you're going through puberty you're producing more oil so you're going to have acne in more those like oil places so that's like your forehead your nose a lot of teenagers also break out like on their body Mm -hmm. um so that's very like hormone related that can be like a placement um and more of that sebum And then I do find for people that are coming off of birth control and also for people with periods in their like twenties and thirties, I do find that we are more than ever. I, more women come to me than not. And it's the cheek and the jawline breakouts Mm -hmm. and the chin. And this just really screams like gut health, hormonal, like liver. It's really hard. I mean, I've seen tons of those face mapping things before and yeah, I think it's more you get more kind of intel when you go back to tracking your skin. I think mm-hmm. that gives us a bit more to go off of than just the placement of the acne. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. You mentioned the chest and the back and the shoulders a little bit. So I would love to get into body acne. Your thoughts about that, if there are any products that you recommend, whether it's like witch hazel or like you said, the chemical peels, or is there a body wash and where does it come from? If it's that like chest, neck, shoulders, back. I know sometimes legs too, people get acne there as well. Mm-hmm. And this is that really like I really think about it as more of like an excess sebum situation because this is typically a very like puberty place to get acne, like body acne, especially Mm -hmm. if it's like your chest and shoulders, legs and lower extremities could just be from something like rubbing on it. Like if you're wearing like a certain fabric, sometimes that can, that can be it. Um, I do find with body acne, getting a chemical exfoliant, like cleanser, Something like super basic, like what's one that I like, like even drugstore are pretty accessible. Oh, uh, like the CeraVe has like a salicylic acid cleanser. Mm-hmm. Maybe not something that I would recommend using on the face because it might be a little harsh, but typically on the body, um, that can be really helpful. And again, when you are having a lot of body acne, um, if it's been lasting a long time, 
I always like to think about, okay, when did this pop up for you? Like, when did this start for you? That can really give you some good insight. So if you did recently come off of the pill, you know, maybe it's your hormones, maybe it's the fun things. If it just kind of, I mean, sometimes it pops out out of nowhere, but most times there's something else going on and that can be a good indication. And if you're really, really not sure, um, exploring some like, yeah, drainage and detox is a great place to start on top of maybe like a, like I said, that chemical exfoliant cleanser. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, hyperpigmentation scars, any of the like deep ice pick scars is your go-to also the chemical exfoliation or is there something else that you would recommend for the, you know, the leftover redness and scarring that acne tends to leave? Oh, yes. The leftover (laughs) scarring is so annoying. Like you've finally cleared your acne and you're feel like you're you're feeling way more confident because as soon as you stop those active breakouts, your skin heals pretty quick. It's it's very exciting. But yes, the hyperpigmentation can sometimes last like six months to a year, depending on your complexion. It can last a long time. And yeah, the good news is, is like the first step is really trying to like understand your skin and just reduce breakouts because really identifying those root causes really helps prevent future breakouts. So that's kind of step one. And then for hyperpigmentation, or sorry, any type of scarring, you kind of want to first think about what type of scarring are you dealing with? You kind of mentioned both of them. So discoloration is like that hyperpigmentation. Sometimes a lot of places will will refer to this as post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Or are you dealing with textured scarring? So this is those like often referred to as like ice pick or rolling or boxcar. Those are the kind of the terminologies that are often used. And depending on the type of scarring you're dealing with, you're going to kind of want to think about it in a couple different ways. So first things first, um, I find scarring responds best to skincare. There are lots of internal things that you can do as well, like upping your antioxidant intake really beneficial for scarring. So not to totally negate the nutrition internal piece, but I do find with scarring, we get better results with the external work. Not to say the internal work isn't important first to really uh, decrease breakouts in the first place. The one thing I'll say is this process will take a little bit of time. You know, there's no really magical cure-all thing. So I think be patient with your skin Mm -hmm. and the results will follow. From a skincare perspective, bare minimum is applying sunscreen every single day. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of controversy around sunscreen. There is. <laughs> I've seen it even sometimes. Yeah, it's confusing. But I will say that if you are dealing with something like acne or you do have existing scarring, that the best way to reduce further acne and the best way to um, prevent those sc- that, that pigmentation from getting worse is sun protection. Mm-hmm. I think it's different if you have a really strong, healthy skin barrier, no skin issues. It's a little bit different. And you can still get great vitamin D exposure with like the rest of your body. I'm not talking about lathering your whole body head to toe in sunscreen, but just like your face or where you are experiencing a skin barrier disruption, sunscreen is really, really key. So definitely applying that every single day rain or shine, even if you're sitting inside, making sure you're doing that, that will make a big, big difference. 
And yeah, chemical exfoliant is really great as well to really help. It's more for that hyperpigmentation, for the discoloration. Things like a vitamin C are also really great. They help to um, brighten the skin. Excuse me. Um, The one thing I like about vitamin C is it's a pretty gentle kind of way to brighten the skin. So it's something that you can start using even when you have existing acne. Now, this goes to say all of this is like, please be mindful of your skin. So not everything I'm saying is going to be a good fit for everyone. So mm-hmm. always do what allows your skin to feel your best. But most times I see vitamin C as a pretty like well-tolerated topical. Um, and then something I recently kind of in the past couple of years that I really love for scarring is LED light therapy. Mm. It's really, really great. Like red light therapy is great. Um, really helps with collagen. Blue light therapy is also really great for existing acne. And um, you can even do green light therapy. That's really great for hyperpigmentation. Yeah. Green light is new to me, but I've definitely heard of the red light, blue light, or the purple yeah. when you combine them. But green light is all new to me. It works. Think of it. I like to think of it in a way that, you know, oftentimes we have those... um red corrector creams that are green mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like the green really helps take out that like red pigment in the skin that yeah. is so cool but there's definitely the most research behind red light therapy it's the most well researched and then blue light is very well researched for um, the acne bacteria yeah mm. i actually have little like led face masks that i offer on my website so if anyone's interested in that Super cool I love them. I was just going to ask if there was LED that you recommended. So that's awesome. I'll just put it in the show notes, link it right to your website if that's the one you recommend. Yeah, I love it. It's one that you can use at home. And I think that's when you get the best results is when you use it like as part of your routine. That's really when LED therapy is the most effective. I absolutely love that. I'm a big fan of the LED lights in the sauna and just combining (laughs) the two, two for one. Um, I, so so you go, (laughs) I was going to say the only thing I didn't mention. So those, those couple things like skincare is really great for the pigmentation scarring. Mm -hmm. If you are someone who does have, oftentimes we have a bit of both. If you have more that textured scarring, So texture, like I said, those like it's more indented scarring. Mm -hmm. This can be a little bit more stubborn than hyperpigmentation. And this is times, you know, it will heal a little bit over time. But if it is something that's really bothering you and it's something that you want to address, I recommend something like microneedling or a laser. I was totally going to ask about that too. So, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Because these are types of scarring that just, you know, skincare can only do so much. The internal work can only do so much, um, but microneedling and laser are really great for that textured scarring. Mm-hmm. The way I would recommend going about this is there are, especially depending on where you're located, there are tons of clinics and spas that offer these types of treatments. Oftentimes, they will offer a free consultation, so I encourage you to go to a couple. Like, Don't just go to the first one you see, unless you already know someone that you trust. It's really about finding a place that you feel comfortable, you trust, you can go in there, ask your questions. I think like feeling trusted and comforted in that um, 
in that uh, procedure is, is a great way because you're probably going to have to go for a couple sessions. Microneedling is typically like three to six sessions. Really great for like textured scarring. Um, basically, it's just like tiny microneedles that really stimulate collagen um, and skin turnover. Laser is typically a little bit, it's not always as many treatments. You can typically go like once or twice and notice results. Um, sometimes it's a little bit more downtime though. Typically it's like you get a laser treatment and you don't really, I don't mean, it's usually like a week or something where you really have to like avoid direct sun exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And sometimes even a combo of these are used. Um, yeah. So if you, if you're interested in that, I would say first things first is really trying to understand your skin because with both, both of these treatments, um, oftentimes you can't do either one. If you are experiencing active breakouts, what they'll do is they'll have to like skip that section on your face and you don't get any discount for that. So you're paying, you know, just trying to be budget friendly. You're paying X amount for this treatment. And if they have to skip a whole section of your face, you're not getting that treatment in that area. So it can kind of suck. So I always kind of recommend, you know, get, get your skin a little bit more calmed and then you can explore these avenues. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. And just coming back to the sunscreen, I know there's all sorts of different types of sunscreen, um, you know, chemical sunscreen, zinc sunscreen. Is there one that you recommend for specific acne prone skin? Do you recommend a zinc base or do you recommend just a specific one for face? Love this. I recommend whatever you love, like whatever sunscreen you like and you're going to wear every single day, that's the one that you should use. I think, especially me, like, don't get me wrong, I was so scared to use sunscreen because if you have had acne, you know that mm-hmm. sunscreen is greasy, it blocks your pores, it causes you to break outs. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like, you're just like, I'm not touching that. Like, there's no way. Yeah. So, there, but I will say is there are so many great sunscreens out there now that are like I'm wearing sunscreen today. Like some of the sunscreen that I use now, I actually really like the like Asian Korean sunscreens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have different filters that we don't have in North America. North America only has chemical sunscreens and like that mineral sunscreen, which is like zinc or titanium dioxide. Mm-hmm. So great. Um, I just find for acne prone skin. Uh, really responds well to more of like the Asian, Korean ones, different filters, and they're just so lightweight and easy to wear. I love that. Okay, good. Um, Another question I wanted to ask you was about some ingredients like um, food care, skincare, supplement wise, that can be contributing to your acne because I know a lot of my clients come to me and, you know, they might be taking something like biotin, let's say, because they're trying to grow their (laughs) their hair and their nails and things like that. And I'm like, actually, that's really bad for your skin. Um, You know, it can mess up your blood work if you're trying to test your thyroid and all sorts of stuff. So if if we could have a brief overview of some ingredients, um, I know there's some websites out there too that you can check some of your skincare and, and whatnot. So walk us through some of this. Yeah. Oh, biotin. It's so sad because it's in so many hair, skin, and nails. It's in almost like every prenatal multivitamin. Yep. And biotin can really wreak havoc on the skin. It's 
I've seen it for even people like women in my life, friends in my life, I've seen it. They've like started taking a prenatal and totally broken out. And I'm like, is there biotin in that? And they're like, oh yeah, there's like, I don't know, something like a crazy amount too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on top of biotin, things in supplements to look for, you know, I just think looking whenever you're purchasing supplements, really trying to go with like a high quality is really key. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be other than the biotin. There's nothing like supplement wise Mm -hmm. that I'm thinking. Um, but in terms of skincare, something that I do see a lot is especially skincare. Again, it's so controversial. You know, you have to do what works for you. Um, sometimes what I say obviously doesn't work for everyone, but I will say if you have been experiencing acne for a while and you're not really sure what's triggering your acne, you're frustrated, I would recommend or consider, you know, even for, um, a small amount of time, just really steering clear of all oils. Mm -hmm. So even like essential oils, even oils that are supposed to be acne safe, things like jojoba oil, things like coconut oil, you know, these do work for some skin types. They totally do. But if you're just in a state right now where you're really confused, your skin's really inflamed, it's just like a little bit more of a safe route. It's not forever. It's just kind of like, let's see what's working. Let's see what's not. Um, if you really, really do love oils, because a lot of people do love them, um, a safe acne safe oil that I like is like a squalane oil. Mm. Um, so that's like a good alternative. Um, yeah, skincare wise, keep it super simple and no oil doesn't mean no hydration. Hydration is really key for the skin. So if you're kind of using oil as like a moisturizer, I want you to kind of swap that, start using a really gentle facial mist. This can even just be water and really lock that in with a really gentle moisturizer. So that's really key if you're, if you're using oils, um, wanting to make a switch, um, other things to think about, you know, if we're thinking about food and acne, oh, honestly, where do I even begin? Where do I begin? Food is, food's tough. Um, I myself and a lot of the people that I've worked with have done the super restrictive dieting, especially for acne. You're pretty committed. You're listening to this. You're committed to your skin. You're not just like, you know, taking out gluten just for the fun of it. You're like, okay, no, I'm taking dairy or gluten or sugar. You're taking all these things out of your diet for probably a specific reason. And oftentimes I find this like restriction approach to food many times, not super helpful for acne. I find it doesn't really move the needle a lot. So if you are in kind of a, a loop of restricting food right now, I just want you to think about, you know, has this made a huge impact on your skin? And if your skin is the same or worse, then chances are it's not that specific food. So I just really want you to think more about balance. And instead of removing things from your diet, really just think about what foods you can add in that are really mm -hmm. supportive. Mm -hmm. I yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah. On my skin healing journey, I was taking biotin. I was taking B12 as well, which I know ugh, sometimes I get low in B12 and I there's a supplement that I know works really well, but right away, like a couple hours later, if not a day, I'll get on my jawline 
I'm like, that is so crazy. So for me, B12 is one of those things. And then I was taking spirulina, chlorella, seaweed. And mm-hmm. <laughs> again, in doing research, I was like, okay, this is causing, you know, it's not helping. Um, and then, yeah, I also was, you know, cutting out dairy and gluten and sugar and that was super detrimental. And so now I've brought that back in a little bit and realized that it doesn't impact my skin a whole lot. If I'm having, you know, a really greasy pizza that has the oil, the cheese and the gluten and all that, I'll get a couple breakouts. But generally, if I just want, you know, some cheese and crackers and stuff like that, it doesn't impact my skin as much as stressing about it impacts my skin. Yeah, that's such a good realization. And Sometimes the only way to realize it is to like go through it. I definitely feel that. And yeah, the B12 and the spirulina and the chlorella, I've heard that before too. Mm -hmm. I've seen that with a couple clients too, especially the B12, right? Mm -hmm. It's very unfortunate, but (laughs) yeah, just a little side note. I know that for me, it looked like huge trigger for me. Yeah. And again, coming back to just thinking about if your acne did recently flare up, it's like, did you introduce a new supplement? It's like, maybe just flip it over, look at the ingredients. It can be a good way to think about it. A thousand percent. And then just going on the other end of the spectrum and just talking about skincare a little bit, if there are any specific ingredients that you love, I know you mentioned vitamin C and of course, talking with someone who knows exactly what they're doing. So you know how to combine them, which days to use what, but is there anything like with your clients, do you ever recommend a retinol or AHA, BHA or um, azelaic acid or anything like that? Yeah. Skincare is the fun part. Like skincare shopping can be so fun. Mm -hmm. I really do love, you know, getting started. I think looking at skin barrier is really key. If you Mm -hmm. are someone who has been dealing with acne for quite some time, if you have been using, you know, a couple acne targeted products that are a bit harsh, then it can be helpful just to do a little like refresh period, just kind of keep things super gentle. And what I mean by that is even for four weeks, especially now we're in a transitional season mm-hmm. and like um, in Canada, it's getting colder now. It's a good time to just kind of take a break. And so that still means cleansing your face and using a moisturizer and perhaps using a facial mist or something like a hyaluronic acid. Um, so step one is definitely hydration. That's like a key for the skin. Hydrated skin is happy skin. That is something that took me a long, long time to realize because with acne, especially growing up, like we were taught to like dry. dry. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was terrified to use a moisturizer or anything moisturizing. Yeah. 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 And when we think about what the skin is, the skin is a, the skin is a barrier. And when that barrier is like really intact and strong, it is preventing pathogens and things from like irritating the skin. It's Mm -hmm. creating like a really strong, resilient barrier. And when we're not supporting that, the skin is more susceptible to inflammation. It's more susceptible to breakouts. So hydration is really key. So that's like step one. That's really great. Also getting like a little humidifier for your bedroom can be really helpful this time of year. And then if you feel like your skin is in a really good place, and what I mean by that, it feels comfortable, it feels calm, you can still be experiencing acne breakouts. But what I mean is the other skin around it feels relatively like content, like you're not experiencing a lot of dryness and flakiness. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then it can be a good idea to introduce some actives for acne. So vitamin C, we talked about that a little bit, really great to help brighten the skin. An AHA or a BHA, I also love. I talk about this, I refer to it as a chemical exfoliant. So really, really great to help kind of, um, it kind of clears out those dead skin cells, really great for acne, things like blackheads, we said that. Um, also really great for pigmentation as well. And yeah, you mentioned a retinol. I do love introducing a retinol, but we have to introduce it at a very specific time. Coming back to that skin barrier piece, you want your barrier to be really strong before introducing something like a retinol. Retinol is a vitamin A. Vitamin A comes up a lot for acne. <laughs> yes. Whether it's like internal, external, you got it. It's really great for acne and it does deliver great results. It's something that I would say you want to be committed to. A vitamin A is not something you just kind of like, or sorry, a retinol. A retinol is not just something that you're like, oh, I got a free sample. Let me just like try this for a week. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. But retinol is, you know, because oftentimes there's a little bit of like a purge process getting on. So you want to just be very mindful about the way that you're using it. And you want to be like, okay, I'm going to use this for like six months to a year. That's when it's like kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, you're getting the longevity of it. Because if you're just going to use it for like a month, um, you're just kind of going to experience perhaps the purge period. And then you're not even going to get into the like repair period. So yeah, that's what I'll say about that. It's a great product really great for acne and great ingredient. Um, and there's different levels of it. You can get over the counter or you can get prescription and yeah, they just are like each a little bit different. Perfect. Yeah. I'm glad you walked us through some of those. And I know coming into this brutal Canadian winter, I should definitely consider getting a humidifier just for the bedroom while I sleep, just for that extra hydration. One thing I would love to ask you is for someone listening, of course, like you mentioned, if someone's listening, they're kind of committed to the skin journey. And we talked a little bit about how much of a big piece that mental aspect can play in it. So do you have any wisdom or advice for someone who's just been struggling with their skin for, you know, 10 plus years and just taking such a mental beating and is maybe afraid to do things, cancels plans, doesn't feel like they can go outside makeup free and wears makeup to the gym and just mentally exhausted from trying everything under the sun? Is there some sort of wisdom or advice that you would let them know? Yeah. I just want to say clear skin is possible for you and just really continue to trust in your body's ability to heal and really trust that like in the right time, things are coming to you. I saw this quote actually on um, someone's Instagram today. I think it was MJ's um, like being, I think she's the being method on Instagram. It said, um, just because it's taking time doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm. And I think that's just such a good little affirmation. If you are struggling with your skin, it's probably, it's taking longer than you want because it always takes longer than you want, (laughs) but it's happening. You're learning, you're understanding yourself better and it's going to happen for you. Really seeing clear skin is probably the hardest, hardest part of the journey. 
Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And then just last couple of questions for you. Is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you just wanted to mention, touch on, bring up any, I know you just mentioned that quote, which is awesome. Is there anything else that you want to leave us off with? Oh, no, I feel good about that quote. I think just really seeing clear skin for yourself and, you know, even though acne is a really frustrating process, really seeing it as one of your greatest teachers and something that's like pushing you to understand yourself better can be really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, also the one thing I will say is not letting acne hold you back from living the life you want to live. I found myself for a long time putting conditions on myself. So things like, oh, when my skin is clear, that's when I'm going to finally be happy. Mm. And I find that's just not realistic. So really just choosing to live the life you want to live right now, regardless of your skin Mm -hmm. is really key. I think wanting to clear your acne is still a great goal, but not limiting yourself in the meantime. Yes. I I feel like everyone just needs to hear that. Whoever struggles with anything appearance-wise is that don't let it hold you back and yeah, don't don't put those conditions on yourself and cuz it never feels good and then when you look back, if you're 10 years in the future and you look back and you're thinking, "Oh, you know, I canceled plans or I didn't go to my friend's wedding or, you know, whatever it is is just that's never a good feeling to have to cancel just because of what your skin or your body looks like or whatever it may be. So I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And then oh. last, oh yeah. Did you have something else to say? Oh no, I was just going to say, I agree with you. <laughs> Lastly, now that everybody's listened to this, I'm sure they're going to want to get in touch with you. So are you hanging out on Instagram, TikTok, email, website, whereabouts are you at? Honestly, all the above. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Instagram, I'm Carolyn underscore skin theory. Also hanging on TikTok a little bit. You can come watch my weird videos on there. <laughs> uh, and my website is carolynhale.com. Perfect. Well, I absolutely, absolutely loved having you on today. And you're just such a gentle soul. And I just know that someone who's struggling with their skin, you're just that angelic energy that is so needed for someone who's just, you know, feeling really down about their skin. So I just wanted to send you lots of appreciation and love for doing what you do and sharing all this great information. Thank you. This has been such a great conversation. I loved it. Thank you so much for listening in to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. If you liked this episode, feel free to share it with a friend, subscribe, rate, or review this podcast. And for more health, wellness, and lifestyle tips, you can always come say hi to me on Instagram at nutritionmoderation or online at nutritionmoderation.com. I hope you have an amazing day wherever you are, and I'll chat with you soon.